Hello, everyone, and welcome to Local Matters. I'm your host, Buddy Pearson, and on this podcast, Education Matters. Last week, we started the new year off by having as our guest the director of Putnam County Schools, Corby King. We had so much to talk about, we couldn't get it all in one show. So back for the second week is Corby King. Corby, we ended the show last week talking about the teachers of the year. How about the principal and the supervisor of the year? Tara Brooks from Prescott South is the principal of the year, and Tim Martin, your deputy director, is the supervisor of the year. You could not have made better choices there. Uh, you know, the, this principal of the year is voted on by all the supervisors, mm-hmm. uh, and I think the supervisors, again, knocked it out of the park with Tara, just like with Tina last year. Tara does an amazing job at Prescott. Uh, that faculty, those students are so fortunate, you know, for the things that she does, the, the leadership she has in that building. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, the, the student growth uh, that, that continues to take place, the academic opportunities for, that she provides and, and all the extracurricular things going on at Prescott. It's a great environment. So proud of Tara. And then Tim over here, they all officially call him the Godfather. He's kind of like the, the whisper. You know, everybody goes to Tim. You know, something's going on. They'll say, well, this is happening, but it's okay. I called Tim. I yeah, talked to Tim I about, Tim it. about like, it. Yeah. Like, well, you can call me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I just called Tim. <laughs> and, and that happens a lot. And that, that's the, what I get everywhere I go. Is, yeah. Well, you could, but it's really, you don't need to. Tim's got it. I called Tim. Right. And, and I'm like, well, I called Tim too. <laughs> Tim needs a raise is what Tim needs. He's, he's amazing because uh, he, he's who I call. Yeah. And uh, that the supervisor uh, of the year is voted on by the, the principals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, again, I think they made a great choice with – uh, Tim and uh, we all lean heavily on him. So uh, excited to see how it goes this year for them. Yeah. Speaking of principals, we have four new principals in the system this year. It started this year with Bree Wheeler and Mel Presley. Bree Wheeler at Monterey and Mel Presley at Parkview. And then during the year, Karen Trinum takes over at Cookville High yes. School, and then Ben Heron takes over for JoJo Matheny at White Plains Academy. And, you know, we're so lucky to have people who are ready to step up and step into those roles. Yeah. You know, uh, not, didn't expect the transition at Cookville or at White Plains, but we have people who are ready, who are capable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen's doing a great job. She stepped right in. She haven't is. missed a beat at Cookville High School. We expect the things, you know, the U.S. News will report all the great things that are happening over there to continue happening yeah. and even thrive. I mean, you walk in the building and there's just a, a good air in, uh, among the faculty, a good feeling uh, mm-hmm. there in the faculty. I've gotten messages from faculty members both at Cookville and at, at White Plains. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Ben. They didn't really know him. They're yeah. getting to know him at Cookville. They knew Karen. She'd right. been there. She was the dean of students. Uh, not not a really difficult transition for that faculty. Uh, White Plains, Mr. Matheny, has been there for a long time, yeah. I think 16 years uh, so it was unexpected when uh, he came in and he said, you know, hey, he, he had some just health concerns, some stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, it was hard for him to do. I know it was hard when he said, you know, Corby, I just can't. Uh, I, I can't do this for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, Got to make some changes. And I absolutely understand that. Sure. And respect him in that decision. But then we had Ben ready to step in. You know, that was you know, thinking through our current administrative staff and how are we going to do this to get through the year. Ben has stepped right in. I've gotten messages from the faculty. He has a, a strong background uh, working with uh, students who are sometimes in difficult situations. He has a special education background. Mm-hmm. He's worked in our behavior classrooms before. Um, he's been an assistant principal at All Good for four years, five years. Uh, he was ready to make the next step. Uh, so we're very fortunate that we have people who are ready to step in and uh, take over. Uh, so I, Ben's doing a great job. Same thing, Bree and Mel. Man, yeah. Wow, how much fun are they having at Monterey and Parkview? <laughs> well, they, they bring the stuff. party, I'm telling you. They, they, they bring some excitement. <laughs> they really they, are. They really do. Uh, watching at Parkview this year with Mel and Kathy, or Miss Keogh and her assistant principal. Yeah. 
uh, the dress up days. Oh my goodness! And all the things yeah. that are going on. They over have there. a good time. Yeah, Doctor Preston, they they really are. Yeah. And uh, so very, you know, again, the faculty at, at those schools are, are outstanding. They've mm-hmm. embraced them and accepted them as their new leaders, and uh, just a lot of good things happening in those schools. Something that has kind of uh, had a revitalization this year is school adopters. The school adoptions, uh, the Putnam County Chamber of Commerce, uh, they have done an outstanding job of really kind of uh, giving that a boost. And we've had three adoption ceremonies already, and we've got one coming up at Capshaw. Baxter Primary, All Good, Middle School, and White Plains Academy, all adoption ceremonies already this year, and then we've got more slated for 2024. Really, they have. The Chamber has done a great job with that program. Yeah. The school adoption program has been around for years, yeah, uh, a long time. But it had kind of stagnated a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just kind of becomes right. You get the same adopters of the same thing right. coming in, but the Chamber's kind of picked that up. Yeah. And the adopters are such an important piece. So we talk often in, in education about the need for community support and community, community community advocates, uh, and people identify adopters was just giving money, and it's not just about giving money. Mm-hmm. In some cases, yes, they provide, you know, the adopters will come in and help work with the PTO and provide uh, meals for teachers during right. Teacher Appreciation Week or around uh, the parent-teacher conference days, provide a, a lunch or a dinner for teachers or breakfast for teachers, uh, maybe buy a shirt. You know, there are things that we just can't do for teacher incentives with the funds that we collect. Right. So, and you want to do those type yeah, of things. Absolutely. Again, it builds a, a community spirit around the school, and our adopters help us do that. But also, we have adopters who come in uh, and do community service projects, you know, landscaping around the building yeah. or painting in the building. Uh, we also try to advertise for the adopters, and we send students uh, to work or perform, you know, some of our course programs, depending on the school, might come sing at a corporate event for our adopters, you know, if they're asked to do that. Right. Uh, there are things we try to make it a mutual relationship where uh, we support them, they come support us. Uh, I would love, you know, for the community, we try to put this out there, and I love that you've been doing this and helping me in the weekly wrap-ups, mm-hmm. putting in the adopters. So, you know, if we have a chance in the community to support those absolutely. who support our schools, yeah. absolutely, let's do that. I'm big on shop local, eat local, all yeah. the things local, <laughs> uh, because they're the people who support us. Right. Uh, and, and we couldn't do this without the help and support of our adopters. So, again, thank you for all of our adopters for choosing us to being a part of it. And, and I hope our community is supporting the adopters uh, the way that we should be. And, you know, the adopters do provide some financial assistance to the schools, but one of the big things that you see in, in the schools really rally around now are these fundraisers that they have like Capshaw Run and the Raider Rumble, the Panda Run, the the Bulldog Dash to where uh, parents come out and uh, they, they make it an event. You they know, it, it's no more selling the popcorn and the, you know, the, <laughs> the candles, door-to-door, the door-to-door the door stuff. They have, yeah. you know, the big event that, that really is their primary fundraiser. It is. We still have some of the other two. Sure. Uh, we try to limit that. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody gets worn out. As a parent, you yeah. get worn out by the fundraisers. Yes. It's hard. And I know the parents, the community members, and we only have so many businesses, and all of our athletic teams hit up the same ones. Yeah. Those are funds that are necessary for us to operate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not just raising money to, for wants. Uh, they do provide needs, whatever it may be. There are things that are needs they have outside of what we provide from the school system. We have a limited amount of tax monies that we receive. Mm-hmm. So the fundraisers to become necessary. Same thing in the schools. There are things that they need money to pay outside of the stuff that we provide. We have tried in the past several years to offset the cost of a lot of the things that when I was a building administrator, we had to pay things like our phone bill, our mm-hmm. copy bill, you know, various things like that, uh, needs around the building, if it was paint, stuff for the halls. 
we would do that in the school. We would raise yeah. the money, use our fundraising money to paint to pay for those things. Mm-hmm. We've tried to take that on here at the board in, in the past few years, but there are still things they like to do around the school that they need extra funds. They provide benches or new trash cans, just updating, keeping the campus looking nice. So the fundraisers are important. Yeah. And the ones, like you mentioned, the kind of going all in on the one, the cat, the Cougar Run, the Raider Rumble, at yeah. a, I think at Avery Trace, we have the Redskin Run at All Good, yeah. uh, Upperman Day at up, you know, for the Upperman Middle School, or Jacket Jam, I think is what Jack they call Jam, it. Jacket Jam, yeah. yeah. Uh, all the schools have their name, you know, yeah. kind of incorporating the mascot. But, again, those are important. As a parent, it was easy for me to write that one check yes. here. Just, just one yeah. check. Let's not fundraise, not go door-to-door, hit no. all the family yeah. members up. Right. Let's just do that and, and call it a day. Yeah. Uh, so I hope our families appreciate it. But, again, they make a day of it. The mm. parents come out. They yeah. participate if they can. Uh, and it's fun for the kids. Well, there's a couple of construction projects that have been going on during 2023. One is uh, really close to being finished, maybe already is, and then the other one should be completed in 2024, and that's uh, the expansion at Upperman High School and, of course, the new Parkview Elementary School, which you had a chance to tour with, with yes. Mel and, and some of the folks and some of the school board members. So what's the what's the latest on those? So exciting. So fire marshal and the electrical inspections, I think, have been completed at Upperman. Uh, there's still some brick work going on on the outside. Brick seems to be our nemesis in these projects. Uh, st- uh, it took a while to get it on, on site, but mm-hmm. it's there now. The, the masons are working hard. Uh, I think that's really all that's left on the actual construction part is uh, some of the brickwork on the outside, but we've been given clearance to occupy Great. those. It doesn't Im- impact the interior of the building, so it's waiting on furniture. Yeah. Uh, and the furniture is scheduled to be delivered January 8th. And once it's here, uh, four new classrooms, a multi-purpose room, a chorus room, uh, and a j- drill hall for JRTC and the gym That's for awesome. wrestling. Uh, Upperman has been really growing in the last few years. We've yeah. gone from you know five, six years ago, we were around 750 students at Upperman to a little over 1,000 now. Wow. You know, just really growing in that on that yeah. end of the county. It is. Uh, and as they keep building the subdivisions, it keeps growing, keeps expanding. Right. Uh, th- those are things that th- this addition was necessary mm-hmm. to have classroom space for the students. So it's really exciting. Uh, I know uh, chorus and band are ready to have their own space. They've been sharing <laughs> the band room forever <laughs> at Upperman as long as the building's been open. Uh, they're ready to each have their own space. Uh, both programs are growing and thriving. They're doing exceptionally well. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. At Parkview, uh, we're still on track to be uh, uh, for that building to be turned over, to be completed and turned over to us, I think, in uh, April, May. So wow. is the time frame. So hopefully that, that we stay on schedule. Yeah. Uh, if we can have uh, the, the certificate of occupancy and all the punch list things completed by, by May, really, mm-hmm. give us June and July to get the furniture in place, to get the teachers in, to get a you know, Kind of learn the building, classrooms, get them set up, learn the traffic flow. It's going to be a beautiful building. Yeah. some some of the spaces, you know, we we built that for the expansion. Yes. To move, you know, we're going to start out as a K four pre K four in the first year when we open next fall. So there's some large spaces for a uh, if you're thinking just elementary. You know, the gym is built. Uh, it's it's really big. The cafeteria is really big. The library right. is really big. But we have to keep in mind that those common areas are built to accommodate a K eight, not just a K four. Okay. So hopefully soon, yeah. you know, continuing to have conversations with the county commission and with others as our community grows and mm-hmm. our student population increases, we move that to a K-8, uh, and then we've got the, the common spaces uh, ready for occupancy for yeah. the older students as well as the younger. Awesome. So. 
I'm Buddy Pierce, and you're listening to Local Matters with Corby King. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardy's. Shop local at Office Mart. This is Local Matters with a focus on education. I'm Buddy Pearson, and Corby King, the director of Putnam County Schools, is our guest for the second straight week. Well, there's a couple of things that have come up in 2023 that I know you've felt very passionate about. You you penned a very passionate editorial <laughs> about the Governor's Education Freedom Scholarship Act, and um, I, I know that that was just something that uh, you felt like you needed to do. I do. This, you know, it feels like in public education from outside of our community, and I'll say that uh, mm-hmm. our community is very supportive. But from outside of our community, often from Nashville and from national, even public schools and public education seems to be under attack lately. Uh, it's and I just think it's so unfounded and so unfair. We do amazing work for our students. Uh, are there things we can do better? Always, mm-hmm. you know, and we work on those every day. Uh, but this national narrative around public schools are failing is just not fair. It's mm-hmm. not right. It's not accurate. Um, the education freedom implies to me that there's, they think that there's a way they can do it better. Well, what metrics are they going to use? Yeah. You know, they don't have any of the accountability things that right. we have in public ed. Uh, there's nothing. Uh, there's not any research anywhere that shows that pri- those private schools or pu- or private charters or homeschool organizations that, that they're touting provide any better education than we provide, so why should our public money go anywhere other than our public schools? Sure. And if there are things that they feel like, uh, and I say they because it's a they it, it, you know, in Nashville. Again, I don't think this is coming from our local community, but if there are things they feel like uh, – we can be done better in those settings. Tell mm-hmm. us what they are. Yeah. And let, give us the money to do that. Yeah. Uh, we would be happy to improve right. and do some of the things they can. Um, but in those settings, often it's exclusionary. Uh, they don't have to accept every student that walks in the door. True. And we do in public education, and we're happy to accept that because we believe that all students can learn. Yeah. We believe that through the education we provide, our communities are stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we take what, whatever baggage comes with that student, with their family, we work with them, we try to help them improve, we want them to become productive citizens, productive community members when they graduate, when they leave us, so mm-hmm. that they can hold down a job, provide for their family, and help our community. It's what we do in public schools. In those private institutions, they don't have to take everybody that comes in the door, and they often don't. True. And, you know, what we don't want is to set up a system where 
they take these who can afford to go or some some of the students and then just leave students who are in difficult situations in public schools. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Uh, but that can tend to happen in a voucher system, and that's not what any of us want. That doesn't help the community at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe in providing a better community and better opportunities for all, yep. for all of our students, for all of our families, and for our community. So that's... Uh, Probably, uh, I, I get a little too excited no, over that, but that's, that's where very I am. Well said. Uh, that's yeah. what I believe. I think our public schools, again, are the backbone of our community. Absolutely. We want them to be the best. We want to be uh, responsive to our community needs and wants, desires. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have a very diverse community in, Put- in Putnam County, coming from different backgrounds, and uh, it doesn't look the same in every school. But we ought to be able to make those decisions locally with our school board. Right. Uh, the, the parents, the citizens hold our school board accountable mm-hmm. uh, to what they want to see happening in our schools. I think our school board does a, a, an amazing job at yeah. providing that. Uh, so uh, it's a good thing. And, yeah. uh, just if there's things they want us to do differently, then give us the freedom to do what the other schools can or give us the money to do what they think we can do better. And lately, uh, the Tennessee Department of Education have released letter grades for schools around the state. The Tennessee legislation passed the law back in 2016, and they waited till December 21st of 2023 to implement letter grades for each individual school. And this happens after we have taken our break for uh, the holidays, and these have come out. And... Um, yeah, it, it's um, it's a letter grade that that each school gets, and that's pretty much what it is. It is, and you know, what they're saying is they wanted to, some way to grade and to show parents some transparency around the schools and what our schools are providing. There is nothing transparent or easy about these letter grades. <laughs> yeah. um, the way the calculation is, the way the grades are calculated, right. where they come up with the GPA to assign the grade is really complicated it is uh it takes a long time to dig into multiple excel files and sheets to get to the calculations and how they do it mm-hmm. it's all based on one test score it's based on the end of the year t caps that's that's really it uh or at the high school level it's the the end of course exams and the college career readiness factor which are some cte programs and act scores factor into that at the high school level mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of it's focused on student achievement. Well, student achievement, there's a heavy correlation to student achievement on any standardized test mm-hmm. to student achievement and the socioeconomic background of the community. Uh, so we, we have 50-something percent of our students uh, are economically disadvantaged in Putnam County. We know that by definition. Those students don't tend to perform as well on an achievement-wise sure. on a, a standardized test. Yeah. Uh, any research study shows you that, uh, and that's any public school system in Tennessee, especially mm-hmm. you get into more rural communities. Uh, so there is a sense that you know this this letter grade had to come out to show that you know schools are failing. But guess what? We're not. Yeah, we we had really good scores in Putnam County. We did well. Uh, we did have the, the three Ds in Putnam County. You know, but those schools are doing amazing work. We yeah. know that when you dig into the data and the stuff behind it they're playing we use the data like we would anywhere else to say okay here are areas to improve there are things there we already knew we've sure. been working on we've been right. doing great work no around school's that. perfect yeah no schools but those teachers are doing great work the students are doing great work mm-hmm. uh, i wouldn't hesitate to put my kids in any of those three schools if that's where we were uh, selected to go actually mine are at one of those schools yeah. have received an amazing education 
Uh, and I've got one still there, and again, receiving an outstanding education. Uh, my son, who's a freshman in college, was well prepared. Uh, again, I know that we're doing that. I'm speaking as a parent. Our schools are doing amazing work. Those letter grades are not transparent. Uh, that was tough, mm-hmm. and it's the why now. Like you said, this has been in place since 2016, and not only that, they changed rules. We took the test under one set of rules right. in April. Yeah. And then there was this big push in the fall of this year to completely change the way that they were going to show the letter grades. So we took the test under one set of rules, and then the letter grades are published under a whole new set of rules that we haven't even seen over a test that we took six months ago. Wow. Uh, the whole thing around it is just baffling. It's my, And there's, again, nothing transparent, yeah. nothing easy about this, which is what they're supposed to be. Sure. Uh, what parents often would see or community members would see is an A, a B, a C. We knew as students, if we got an A on a test, if we earned that A or earned a B or right. earned a C, yeah. whatever that may be, yeah. we had a rubric, we had a test, there was a score we had to make, and that's what that meant. Right. That's not how this is. Yeah. There are so many factors and some that we don't even get to see. You know, We don't get to see the test as educators to really know what's there. We don't get to see what questions our students missed. Uh, we don't get to go back and help them, you know, learn the stuff that they missed. Uh, the students don't get to see that information. They have this growth calculation that's really a projection <laughs> of what they're supposed to make. Uh, that who knows where and how, and that's a ranking yeah. uh, system. So, again, it's not transparent. It's not clear. Uh, and I think it's just so disingenuous. Our public knows the work that our schools are doing. Absolutely. Our community knows the, the work community our schools knows. are doing. And the, 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 the teachers, the principals, the people who are involved in this community know. They do. They, they do. do. And so we're very fortunate and, and appreciative of, that our community does know that, and they yeah. do support us. They know the work that's happening in the schools, and it would be nice if those outside of the community would recognize that and just get out of the way and let's, let's let our community run our schools. Yeah. I'm Buddy Pearson. You're listening to Local Matters with Corby King. Well, this is Local Matters with a focus on education. I'm Buddy Pearson, and we're talking with Corby King, the director of Putnam County Schools, who's back with us for a second week. We had so much to talk about last week, we couldn't even get it all in this week. 92 days left in the school year. As we get into 2024, it'll wrap up on May 24th, but we've got January, February, March, (laughs) April, and pretty much most of May to get through now. What do you expect to see in these next five months, in these next 92 days? What do you want to see? So the spring always moves very quickly. Yeah. So what do we expect? You know, we'll have right off the bat, January, February, Weather, <laughs> the snow days, the early mornings. You'll be the most popular up. person in the county. <laughs> or the or, <laughs> could be good and bad. Be good with some kids. Popular some with teachers. the kids and not, not so, much so much with the parents. parents. Yeah, no, it's terrible. I hate. Oh my gosh. Uh, if we do have inclement weather days, what what you know what I want to see yeah. is that good snow that comes on in yes, the night before. Absolutely, we can let parents know, yeah. make your plans. We're not going to be in school tomorrow. Yeah, not the one that comes through at ten a.m. Oh my goodness, yeah. those are awful. <laughs> or the the four thirty five a.m. Yeah. and we're like, okay, it looks like it might be coming. Is it going to be here? Right. Is it going to snow? <laughs> what are the temperatures doing? And then we're just guessing. Yeah. We're guessing along with the weatherman. Uh, sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we we don't. Right. We have a team. I'm very thankful for that. We have a team of people who help make that decision. Up early. Uh, I can up, test. Oh, yeah. Up very early. <laughs> we can, welcome to the school <laughs> yeah, system. Maybe you had to get up. You know, those, uh, they start at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, and uh, we'll start texting each other usually 4, 4.30 in the morning. You know, what does it look like in Monterey? What does it look like down in the Hollows and Baxter? Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
it's just uh, again looking, checking road temps. What's the air temp? When's this system supposed to move in? Is there really going to be any moisture with it? Our EMA people, uh, local weather folks, they all step in and they help us out. And, and uh, watching Nashville weathermen as well, mm-hmm. uh, pick your, you know, whichever one of your favorite right. thing is. They're all. <laughs> uh, it's just winter weather is a guessing game. Yeah. And, uh, so we hope we get just it right. Just follow us on social media and you'll find out very quickly. Yes, yes. So what I, what I hope to see is, you know, if we're going to have snow days, let's have some good snow and good yeah. snow days and make easy calls and not as many of those early mornings that throw everybody into a whirlwind of panic. And I know it does for parents and families, and I'm sorry, but we want to keep the students safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't have buses on the road. They don't respond the same way a car does. Right. Uh, we don't need student drivers on the road uh, if it's inclement weather. Right. Uh, so some tough decisions have to be made. We have that January, February, along with just, you know, the second semester brings that real academic push. We're moving towards the state test. Again, the letter grades, everything that's so dependent upon those, uh, that happens in April. Mm-hmm. So we spend so much time in, in this third and fourth nine weeks really honing in and pushing hard, making that last academic push to get our students ready for that test, to make yeah. sure we've covered everything all of the standards that are supposed to be covered in whatever grade level or subject it may be before the students take that test. So they're prepared and they're as ready as they can be to meet expectations when they take the test. All the spring sports, spring activities, man, we really get cranked up. Basketball, January, yeah. fe- February. Tournament time. an official. Yeah, I just tournament love time. February That's basketball. Right. February. Yeah. Hopefully we have some teams in March yeah. still going to Murfreesboro. We've, we've been fortunate the last couple of years to have that. Hope we have that again this year. Then baseball, softball kicks up, spring track. We had success in all of those last year. We did. Uh, we hopefully see that again this year. Uh, the excitement around prom, graduation, May Day down in Baxter, oh, the celebrations, the end of the year, yeah. field days in the elementary school. May is the definitely the feel-good month. I it, mean, it, it really is. Because testing is over. And it's like yeah. May is is just the feel good month. The, the, you know, spring. You know, it's warming up. Yeah. The, the yeah. sun's shining. The, we got the trees coming out, <laughs> and we're making that push. Everybody's ready, trying to just hang on. Let's yeah. get to the end, get to the summer. Uh, but there's a lot of fun stuff happens in May. And one of the things here, probably in January and February, there's usually a lot of sickness, a lot of absenteeism, things like yes. that. That. Um, you know, you can't really avoid, uh, and you just have to deal with. We do. Uh, It happens every year. It's not uncommon. You know, some of the things that I I, I still think, yeah, I go back to years when I was attendant supervisor, and I know there's such a negative thing, a negative connotation around vaccines and Mm -hmm. all this coming out of the pandemic, but the flu shot, the flu vaccine has Mm -hmm. been around for many, many years. And I, we can go back and point to the years, you know, the health department comes and they give, they offer that opportunity for students, parents to sign up. Yeah. We didn't have a lot of students take advantage of that this year. Uh, I think that's unfortunate. Uh, the years that we have had high participation in taking the flu vaccine for our students and our faculty and staff, we have fared better yeah. uh, with sickness. Um, the years that we've had lower participation, uh, then we, we've had tougher months. Yep. And um, hopefully the students who didn't take advantage of the vaccine when right. the health department came around, they've gone to their primary you know, their pediatrician or maybe one of the pharmacies that offer the flu vaccine. But it does help. It does make a difference. Uh, even it doesn't keep students from getting the flu necessary, but it makes it a much shorter window. Mm-hmm. And so they don't miss as much and they're not quite as sick. Uh, the stomach bugs that go around, the sinus stuff goes around. That's that's always going to be there. So we encourage our students, uh, wash your hands. They go by the sink, yeah. hand sanitizer, use it, keep your hands clean. Uh, 
the social the things we did learn in the pandemic, we didn't learn. We knew social distancing. If you're sick, if you're congested, if you're coughing, you know, give some distance between you and someone else. Cover your cough mouth on, when you cough. Right, cover, yeah. you know, with your sleeve. We teach that in elementary schools, not to cough in your hand, cough in your sleeve. Yeah. Uh, you know, all those things just to help help us out a little bit. Uh, our teachers spend more time with Clorox wipes, wiping down desks, <laughs> wiping down doorknobs. Uh, so if you want to throw an extra pack of uh, Clorox wipes and send those to school, we buy those, by the way. You don't have to do this. Uh, but if you send an extra pack of Clorox wipes to school. Put them in your kid's backpack. Hey, it's appreciated. Yeah. Uh, they do. They wipe down the, the, the different consumables that the students use. They wipe those down and, and try to keep things as clean as we can. Hopefully we can avoid having to close down for any sickness. Some years we, we do, some we don't. I get a lot of questions around that. It's going to be a, 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 it's a, a high, high percentage. number. It really is. It's got to be a high percentage. Uh, we see little spikes. What, yeah. what we'll see is there'll be a spike in Baxter. Right. And the Baxter schools will have 10, 12% of their students that'll be absent. Uh, but the rest of the county will be okay. Well, you yeah. don't want to shut down the whole county for that if right. we can avoid it. And then as Baxter's getting healthy, it'll start spiking in some of the Cookville schools. Or then maybe in Monterey, you'll see a little bit of a spike. But if it starts spiking across the district, and what tends to happen uh, the teachers are getting sick or their family's getting sick, and then we can't get enough subs to cover. Right. Uh, that tends to happen before we have a really high absentee percentage among students. Yeah. And so we watch both the percentage of students who are sick and who are out as well as the number of percentage of teachers. Mm-hmm. And if we get up close to double-digit uh, absenteeism from students and teachers, then we start thinking about closing down. We can do some things that we couldn't do in the past virtually. Again, mm-hmm. that. Not everything out of the pandemic, I guess, was bad because sure. we have virtual things that yeah. we can do now that we couldn't do before. Uh, so we can take virtual days if needed. Uh, students know how to log into their Google Classrooms. They can do that from home if they have Internet access. Uh, the teachers, the schools should know at this point what students do and don't have Internet access and can help provide uh, other uh, alternative assignments for them. But if we need to close and take a virtual day, that's something we can do. If one school spikes and gets really bad, uh, we could close just that one school or two schools instead of the whole district. Uh, often, too, if we had to fit on weather, uh, if we have the weather swings, impact sickness, we all know that. Really cold, really warm, really cold. That, that you know, It's hard to get those bugs through and get them out of here. But if we have a few snow days and we're out and we're separated, that tends to help our absentees rate yeah. in the buildings, too. Uh, we can't avoid it. Again, it happens. It happens. We deal with it every year. Yeah. We'll monitor it just like we do every year. Mr. Pierce does a great job in attendance. Uh, he sets a spreadsheet up that he shares with me. You'll have access to it. Our, our attendance clerks put in the numbers. So we, we have it back in HR. There's a few of the supervisors, student services, who run, also runs our nurse uh, program. Mm-hmm. We all have access to that sheet, so we track the student absenteeism every day uh, <laughs> when it starts spiking. Yeah. We just kind of keep an eye on, okay, do we need to close at this point or not? Because it's really hard. You know, that decision to close schools is tough. It is. Because when we close schools, whether it's sickness, weather, whatever, we know that those, or even the breaks, you know, students aren't getting the meals that that they get when we're open. Right. Uh, Parents have to go to work, have to find child care. They Mm -hmm. depend on us to be open because they they have their work schedule set around us being open. Yeah, because a lot of them don't get snow days. Parents don't get snow days. They don't get flu days, sick days. Uh, And we have lots of working homes. You know, Mm -hmm. mom and dad are both working, or if it's a single parent, uh, that parent has to work. And so it really causes a bind. And we we understand that in the school system. Sure. 
so we again we want to keep everyone safe and healthy but we're also aware of the fact that not everyone has those days off so those are heavy decisions yeah. that, that we have to make and uh, those aren't decisions that you know we take lightly ultimately it falls with me i understand that but it's not <laughs> one i take lightly uh, and i do you know input uh, you know a lot of help and assistance from from a team of people and whether it's weather sickness whatever before making those decisions and uh, hopefully we do the best just to, again, provide safety for our students and faculty and staff. Just for clarity, how many snow days do we get? We get 13 built okay. in. Okay, 13 yeah, built in. 13 built in. We go an extra <laughs> 30 minutes a day to build those into the calendar. You know, it's 180 days, but it's not like if we do- Everybody gets told, well, if we don't use them, we lose them. That's true. We yeah. don't get to we don't get to Can't shorten, uh, the school shorten the school year if we don't use all of them. Right. It's just the way it is. We build them <laughs> in, we go. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, that, that's that's always an interesting conversation with teachers too. But uh, for our students and the teachers, everybody loves a good snow day. Oh yeah. And for me, I just if we're gonna have one though, let's have the snow. Yes, let's have I, the snow. I want the snow. Exactly. I want the sledding pictures. Yes. Let's get the stuff. Get Absolutely, that out there. that's the best. I mean, if you're gonna have a snow day, let's, let's have, have a snow, snow day. Yeah, yes. yeah. These others are just a nuisance no for ice, everybody. none of this other no, stuff. No, no. We, we don't want that. that yeah, those are tough. Yeah. But anyway. The first 88 days have certainly brought uh, some surprises, uh, some celebrations, and uh, some great community among the schools. What will the next 92 days bring? Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and we'll see. We'll have to see, but we're, we know there's going to be celebrations. Yeah. We know there's going to be more excitement, more community support around the schools, and a lot of fun. We just ask people to be engaged, to be there with us, to keep your kids there. Come, come be a part of the school. Yeah. Now, if you're a parent yes. listening to this, talk to your child's teacher. Go be, talk to the principal. Be a part of your child's school and education. Just plug in wherever you can. Encourage them to be there, uh, to make friends, to do all the fun things. There's so, so much good around what's happening in the schools. I encourage people, let's not fall into the national narrative about all the, Yes, there are things around... Uh, safety, well, concerns that we all have. Yes. We do, but there's so much more good there. Let's focus on the good and be a part of making sure that we have the good things happening and not the other. So, Putnam County School Director Corby King with us as we celebrate 2023 and we look forward to 2024. Corby, thanks so much. Thank you. Right. Have, a good, have a good spring semester. This is going to be fun. Well, that's all the time we have for this week on Local Matters. I'd like to thank our guest, Corby King, and thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week and God bless.